welcome you to a series that you may have never expected to hear at church on Sunday mornings, a series called At the Movies. What we're going to be doing is throughout the entire month of July, we're going to be taking summer blockbusters that have been released in the last couple of few years, and we're going to be watching short clips of those throughout the message time, and then we're going to come back and kind of evaluate these clips, these messages from these movies, and look at how they parallel and support what the scripture has to say about our lives, our relationship with God, and the state of the world. And we'll also look at ways in which they diverge. And we'll kind of call out some of the messages that you and I and our families are taught on a regular basis through movies, TV, music, and so forth. I'm pretty pumped about this one, you guys. It's going to be a different movie every single week. I think you're going to have a blast with it. Now, some of you guys automatically are like, oh, this is a cool idea. I didn't even know we could do this in church, right? Some of you guys are like, really? Come on, is this a good idea on Sunday mornings? Have you seen movies, Daniel? Have you paid any attention? They glorify violence and sex and they (gasps) curse. Oh my goodness, how can you show this on Sunday mornings? I understand where you're coming from. I genuinely do. And there's a lot that's put out in Hollywood that Christians really should have no part of. But as believers, we have a few different options when it comes to the media that we consume. We can either fight against it, you know, it's not what it should be, and so I'm angry, and I'm going to boycott, and I'm going to petition, and I'm going to call it out on social media, and we can do that. We can also flee from it altogether. We can say, oh, no, I never take my family to the movies because I couldn't be a part of that. We could do that, too, and there are some times where maybe that's the decision we need to make. But more importantly, what I think our world needs is Christians who will intelligently engage with pop culture rather than swallowing it hook, line, and sinker or running away from it as if it's the greatest evil in our world. I think we need to be conversant and fluent and to be able to recognize when we're getting messages from the world around us that are pulling us away from the truths that God records in his word for us. Does that make sense? I mean, come on, movies and music and fashion and social media, they are not inherently good or evil. You guys know that, right? It depends on how they're used. These things can actually draw us into God, often in unexpected ways, or they can pull us further away, uh, sometimes in very subtle ways that we're not even aware of. There's another reason that we're going to do this on Sunday morning, and that is that this is the way that Jesus taught whenever he was here on earth. Now, I don't mean that, you know, at any point in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus looked at his disciples and he was like, dost thou remember when Chunk did the truffle shuffle in the 1980s cult hit The Goonies? Like, he never said that, okay? It's not like Jesus took movies and he used them to make a point. But what Jesus did was he told stories. These stories were called parables. And he used these parables, these everyday stories about mundane, boring things like farmers and animals and baking bread and just like really, really what you would assume to be kind of silly, pointless, mundane stories. And he used them to point people towards a deeper spiritual truth. That is, he wanted them to recognize the truths of God in these stories that he was telling. Now, Modern day movies are essentially parables, aren't they? They are Hollywood's attempt to tell a story and to make a point. 
That's what Jesus did. He told stories and he made a point. And I think Hollywood comes along and they follow the same track. And what we're going to see over the next few weeks is that many times the stories and the points that we see from Hollywood, they can actually lead us closer to God. Other times they can pull us further away. And we want to be close. Uh, We want to watch closely and discern closely the messages that we're getting. In fact, we want to let the one story that we're watching at any given time, when you come to this theater during the week and you sit in theater two and you're watching Bad Moms 4 or whatever it is, you know, when you come here and you sit and you watch that movie, I want you to allow that story to point you back towards the grand story that we're all living. And if it doesn't, then I want you to be aware of it. And I want you to know the message that's secretly behind it. So let me tell you one of the parables that Jesus told, okay? This one you might be familiar with. This may be the very first time you've ever heard it. It's from Luke chapter number 15. Jesus tells this story because one day, the scripture says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. That is, people who were nothing like Jesus actually liked Jesus. And so they would come and they would listen to him teach. And this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them a story. He's making a point with his story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, will he joyfully carry it home on his shoulders? When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have not strayed away. Now, this story, this parable, it might be a little hard for you to relate to because it's agrarian. And I doubt that any of you are sheep farmers, right? If I had 100 sheep and I lost one of them, I'm not 100% sure what I would do about that. Like, I don't know if I would go look for one little sheep out of 100. I might put out a post on YYC pet recovery, you know, I'm like, look for a lost sheep. Text me. Yeah, I might do that. I might just let it go, cut my losses and assume a moose ate him or something. I, I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. But anyway, I, I would just do, I, I might let him go. I don't know for sure how I would respond and react in that situation if I had one sheep that went missing. But the interesting thing is Jesus never intended for us to see ourselves as the shepherd in this parable. We are the sheep. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. Now, the first time I ever saw the movie that we're going to be talking about today, I had this parable rolling around in the back of my head the entire time because it is essentially a 21st century retelling of the parable of the lost sheep. And so this morning, we're going to watch three, uh, rather four clips that are about three to five minutes each of the movie, The Martian. Have you guys ever seen this one? It's with Matt Damon. You guys saw this? few of you guys did. Okay, good. So basically, Matt Damon plays an astronaut that's sent on a mission with five other uh, astronauts to Mars in 2036 or something like that. And while they're there, there's a disaster that happens. And that disaster separates Matt Damon. They assume that he has died. And so all the other astronauts go home, leaving him stranded on Mars all by himself. So we're going to show the first clip here. It's three to five minutes. I want to tell you guys up front, all the clips are PG this morning. So there's no cursing. There's no blood or anything like that in case you've got little eyes with you this morning. So we're going to roll the first clip. We're going to come back and talk about the parallels between this story and the one we just read. Mark Watney's in trouble, isn't he? Like he is really in for it. 
Now, Matt Damon, who plays Mark Watney, you may or may not know, has actually played this type of character many, many times in film. It's called the Matt Damon movie. It's basically the idea that in a, no less than 10 major motion pictures in his career, he's played a guy who's been stranded somewhere far, and a group of people has to come rescue him. Saving Private Ryan, Elysium, The Green Zone, all the Bourne movies, Interstellar, this one. The list goes on and on and on. So... Matt Damon has been in this situation before, but Mark Watney is in some trouble. I don't know if you caught the things that were said there, but Mars is 400 million kilometers away from Earth. The moon is only 400,000 kilometers away. So we're talking a factor of 10 before anybody can get to him. If he hopes to be rescued, it's going to take four years for anybody to get to him and then four years for them to get back to Earth. You're talking an eight year rescue mission. It is hard for our minds to even comprehend all of that. And during those eight years, he's got to work hard so that he doesn't run out of oxygen, he doesn't run out of water, he doesn't run out of food, and he doesn't lose his shelter. I want you guys to just soak in how bad his situation really is. I want you to consider the fact that in this story, Mark Watley is hopeless. He's helpless. He is totally isolated and completely alone. He cannot rescue himself. This is going to be an important plot point in a moment. Instead, he needs rescue. Somebody is going to have to go find him if he has any chance to survive. Now let's point this back towards Luke 15. Because this story that we're watching this morning is actually just a, an extreme example of the parable of the lost sheep in Luke chapter number 15. In the same way that Mark Watley, the astronaut, is isolated and alone, in the same way that he's helpless and he's hopeless, the lost sheep in Luke 15 is the same way, isn't it? I don't know if you're real familiar with sheep, but they're stupid, just so you know. They're not very bright. If a sheep wanders away from its flock, it has almost zero chance at survival. If it wanders away, it cannot find its way back. It's not like a dog who sniffs its way home or anything like that. They're lost if they get separated too far. Not only that, but a single sheep has no defenses against predator. They don't have any claws. They got some teeth, but they're like dull and used for grass. Like a sheep is in major trouble if it does not have its flock, if it's not where it's supposed to be. The sheep in Luke 15 is exactly the same as the astronaut in the Martian. It is isolated. It's alone. It is totally helpless and it's hopeless from its position. And just like the astronaut, it can't save itself. It needs someone to come and to rescue it. Now, I told you that the parables Jesus told and the parables that Hollywood tell us are to make a point. And so the same point is being made in both of these stories. That in reality, each one of us are spiritually hopeless and helpless. Just like the sheep in Luke 15, that's actually who we are supposed to be represented by in Jesus' story. Just like the, the astronaut that's separated in the movie The Martian, we are stuck spiritually. We have no hope of rescue. We are separated from God. To use the biblical word, you and I are lost. We're wandering, we're isolated, we're helpless, 
and we're hopeless. Look at what the, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. All of us, like wandering sheep, have strayed away. We have each left God's paths to follow our own. You see, scripturally speaking, from a spiritual perspective, every single one of us are in the same situation as Mark Watney. Every single one of us are in the same situation as the lost sheep. We are lost. We are cut off from what really matters. Now, that phrase, that word lost in the Bible, it doesn't mean that you are lacking direction. You don't know who you are or where you're going. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean, you know, like you're a secret serial killer or anything crazy like that. Here's what the word lost means biblically. It means you are isolated from the relationship that matters most. And that's the situation Mark Watney, the astronaut, finds himself in. That's the situation that the lost sheep finds himself in. And that is the situation spiritually that every single one of us find ourselves in. We are isolated from the one relationship that matters most, the relationship with the God who created us, our perfect shepherd who wants to lead us each day, but instead we choose to wander. We choose to follow our own paths. We are lost, alone, hopeless and helpless, unless somebody comes to rescue us. Now, lots of people try to save themselves. That's what Mark's going to do here in our second clip. He's going to try to save himself, and he's going to do a lot of good work, but I'm not sure it's going to be enough. Let's roll the second clip. Mark, Mark is going to work incredibly hard during this movie. In fact, most of the movie is him, like, sciencing the snot out of stuff. Like, that's just what he does in order to survive. And the stuff that he comes up with is really quite brilliant. Like, it's impressive at how he's able to kind of factor all these uh, different variables and equations and chemistry and all this stuff so that he could survive, right? But does it occur to you that despite all of Mark's efforts, despite all of his brilliant schemes, and ideas, despite all of his ingenuity, the best he can hope for is to simply survive. Does that occur to you? No matter how hard he works, no matter what he comes up with, at the end of the day, his biggest victory would be to get through another day. Hey, there are way too many people in our world that are living that kind of life. You might be living that kind of life where your biggest victory is to just get through another day. You're wandering, you're isolated, you're lost, you're hopeless, you feel helpless, and you think to yourself, I, if I could just get through one more day, maybe tomorrow will be better. Then it's not. So you think maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, and on and on it goes. You can spend your entire life farming potatoes and inventing ingenious things to make life better. But in the end, if all you're doing is surviving, do you ever wonder what's it all for? If there is no rescue coming, then why should I do all of these things? Does it matter if I go to work? Does it matter if I take care of my family? Does it matter if I'm a good Canadian citizen? If in the end, all this is just going to come to an end, then what's the point? If there is no rescue on the horizon, then we have to ask, is it even worth it? This movie comes to the conclusion that Mark isn't going to be able to rescue himself. It's the same conclusion that's reached in Luke 15. Somebody has to go get him. And so they're going to initiate a plan in order to rescue. Because in the end, none of our good works 
or our hard work is enough to restore us to God. Somebody needs to come get us. Spiritually speaking, if we are lost, if we're isolated, if we're hopeless and helpless, and the only way out is rescue, which is the situation in the movie, it's the situation in the parable, it's the situation in my life and yours, then somebody has got to come get us. Now, in Isaiah 64, verse 6, the scripture says this, We are all infected and impure with sin. Even if we display our most righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Mark is going to be rescued by his fellow astronauts, you'll see in this next clip. But for us, that's a bigger problem. We'll talk about why after clip three. Hey, I told you that as Christians, we want to watch movies with a discerning mindset. That is, we want to pay attention to the message behind the movie. And if it draws us closer to biblical messages, wonderful. If it pulls us further away, we want to be able to identify those. And this is one of those instances where a movie makes a good point, but it begins to diverge from biblical teaching. It begins to go kind of in its own direction. You see, the ultimate agenda, the, the point that the story, the Martian, is trying to make, we'll put it here on the screen for you, is that... With cooperation, clever thinking, and a willingness to risk it all, there is nothing we humans can't accomplish. That's the message of the movie. That's the thing they're trying to say. We need help from the outside. We need clever thinking on the ground. And if we get a bit of luck and a willingness to go for it 100%, then we will always come out on top. And you hear that message again and again in movies, TV, in music, and on and on it goes. The problem is, from a biblical standpoint, when we are talking about our spiritual condition, where we are all lost and hopeless, there is nobody to come rescue us. There is no lost sheep that has found himself and then went and gathered other sheep to go rescue the lost sheep that are still out there. Nobody has been able to do that. That happens in cartoons. It doesn't happen in real life. We are all isolated and stranded. Every single person is on their own Mars way out in the middle of nowhere. We are still like on our own, isolated and helpless. And so it's not like there are a group of people that spiritually can come save you. You are not at a church where people can save you. Nobody here at Connect is able to do anything for you. We cannot fix your lost condition. In fact, we find ourselves every bit as lost as you without Jesus coming to our rescue. You see, every person on the planet needs somebody beyond themselves to come to the rescue. Every single one of us needs somebody to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That is to restore us into our relationship with our heavenly father. If you expect your husband to do that, you're going to be disappointed. If you expect your kids to make your life worthwhile, they won't. If you expect your job to be fully and finally fulfilling, guess what? You're setting yourself up for disappointment because your deepest and truest need is not any person besides Jesus. Your deepest need is rescue from the only one who can rescue you. Lost people can't save lost people. Let's stop trying to save one another. We are not the saviors. There's one that is. Let me show you what Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 says. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned, so that we could be, and what's the word it uses? 
Woo! Rescued! Are you kidding me? So that we could be rescued. The people in the movie, Mar, uh, uh, Matt Damon, Mark Watley's uh, astronaut buddies, they were able to save him by narrowly avoiding death, but Jesus saved us through his death. They were trying to risk their lives. Jesus gave his life. And so he's able to rescue in a way that nobody else can on the planet. My friends, please don't let this movie or any other movie give you the notion that somehow we can save ourselves because our track record as people is pretty abysmal, isn't it? It's awful. We're not able to do it. We need somebody to come get us. And that person is Jesus. Now, when that happens, whew, there's a party. They're celebrating. I've got one more clip. It's four minutes long and we're going to wrap up. But I want you to pay attention at how this story, the Martian, actually comes back to the same story that we read in Luke 15, that when one person is rescued, it is worth it all. That when one person is saved, there is cause for great joy and celebration. Hey, ultimately, this movie, the parable that we read in Luke 15, they both ask the same question. The question is, what's one life worth? How far should we go? How far would we go for one person? How much would we spend? What would we sacrifice? What should we give up if it means the difference between life and death for any one person on the planet? Now, we didn't show this clip, but in the movie, there's a big debate going on back on earth. Should we go rescue Mark? Is it really worth it? Is it gonna, it's gonna cost us like $200 billion. Is that worth it to rescue one man considering that you'd be risking all the other astronauts? I'm not so sure. But from the Bible's perspective, when we're talking about the parable of the lost sheep, there is no question that every single life is worth it that God will go to any lengths to rescue you and to rescue me. He will never leave you abandoned. He will never leave you isolated. You are never helpless. You are never hopeless when you know that Jesus Christ is the one who can rescue you. Oh, let me show you one more scripture, Romans eight thirty-two. It says, God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us. The Bible is ultimately one giant story of rescue. It is about sheep who've wandered away, who've gotten themselves so stuck, who've gotten themselves so far off of track, they're so isolated and cut off from the only relationship that ultimately matters that without rescue, they're done for. But because of God's great love for us, he sent his son to be the rescue for each one of us. There is no question in God's mind that you're worth it. There is no question in God's mind that you should be saved. There is nothing that God would not do to get your attention, to restore his relationship with you so that you can live life full and abundant and overflowing. That is his plan for rescue for you. Now, if you say this morning, I don't get it. I still have a million questions. I'm not sure how all this works. And I understand that, I do. But when you're in need of rescue, you don't need answers. You just need to reach out, okay? There are explanations for how all of this works. I can show you dozens and dozens of Bible scriptures that explain things in more detail. But when you're drowning and the Coast Guard shows up, you don't ask them how the boat works. You grab a hand. 
when you're stuck on Mars and your team risks their life to come back and get you, you don't say, how did you make it this far? You jump. When your heavenly father says to you, I want to restore you to the relationship that you were always deserving of, in that moment, you can ask questions or you can take a leap to faith. You can jump into your father's arms and trust that he'll give you the explanation later. If you find yourself isolated, if you find yourself lost and lonely and hopeless and helpless, I want you to know that you don't have to be. God has sent the rescue mission. His name was Jesus. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago for you and for me. And since I accepted that rescue, my life has never been the same. I would love it if you would consider grabbing his hand, taking his rescue and salvation this morning. It starts with a simple prayer. It's not a hard thing. You don't have to work your way off of Mars. You don't have to science yourself back to God or come up with brilliant ideas. All you have to do is accept the rescue that God offers to you. If you're in that place, you want to reach out your hand to God, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and just pray a simple prayer with me. It's not special. It's not magic or anything like that. But this is you crying out to rescue from the only one who can actually give it to you. Say these words, dear Jesus, I need rescue. I've been surviving for too long. It's time for me to be found. Thank you for rescuing me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, Joshua's gonna give you some next steps, some ways that you can get connected back to God and to relationship and community. Thanks so much for being here this morning and I hope you leave knowing that God will never, ever stop pursuing you.